arriving from space and on the prowl, he hunts for sport and it's hunting season in the sports hunter. I mean, the predator. <laughs> Mafia, wake up, wake up. created a monster and it will destroy you. You know, I gotta say, that Uh moment in the film was one of the ones that, and I'll I'll talk about this maybe a little bit later, but it (laughs) It did maybe get me a little more on track with what this movie may have been wanting to do. <laughs> well, we'll find out if if this movie ever does get on track, Alex. But welcome back to the Monster vs. Men podcast, the bargain basement of the Monster Podcasting Airwaves, where two friends try to stay alive and stay connected by chatting about weekly monster movies. This week, as we try to stay alive, we are discussing The Predator. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with other titles and joining me this week is the lobotomized predator dog eric Ooh, ouch <laughs> uh hey, and with hey, me you're still loyal <laughs> and you show up whenever it's convenient for the plot uh-huh and with me is the loyal ex-wife alex <laughs> arguably one of the better characters of this <laughs> anyway it's true it's true <laughs> Uh, Alex, I have heard a lot about this film uh, before watching it, and of course, this is my first time watching it. So I'm I'm interested to get this discussion started. Are you ready to jump right in? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Well, it may not be a Ridley Scott level of comeback. Shane Black returns to the Predator series with The Predator, though only involved through Predator, in which he made uncredited contributions to the script. Shane Black's The Predator calls back to that original script on several occasions. My starting question for you, though, Alex, is does Black capture the Predator essence or is this new film a divergence? Uh, I don't know if this thing captured any of the originals (laughs) essence. It's definitely a a divergence. It's, Its tone is very different. And for me, it does feel off because everything's been so relatively serious overall. Not every time. You know, we do have scenes like uh, the head removal scene of the, the, uh, I think it's the head gangster. I can't remember his name in Predator 2. Mm -hmm. We get that cut. It's Mm -hmm. pretty funny. But it's not just the tone. It's the tension. It's not really here in the way that it's built up in all the other movies. I I, I never once felt like a tense moment during this film, Uh, except for maybe the school sequence where they're inside the school. They don't know the new predator is there and they're waiting for the other one to kind of find them. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's the only time that I felt like, Oh, here we go. We're kind of getting back to the roots, a little bit of the terror, a little bit of the uh, being overpowered. That being said, I will say that I did come around a little bit on certain aspects of this film. Mm-hmm. The dialogue, <laughs> while a bit interesting for a Predator movie, I can say that after spending some time with it, it did start to grow on me. 
the characters kind of did the same. I can't say I really enjoyed them a lot at the beginning. <laughs> uh, they didn't immediately capture me like a lot of our other Predators have. But some certain aspects of their charm did become prevalent uh, during their interactions as a group. Mm-hmm. But the film, it does manage to do some interesting things on occasion. But a lot of the times when it does do these things, it feels like it's one step forward and then something else happens causing two steps back. Mm. And like I said, I'm actually not as down on it as I have been building up to this episode. But honestly, that's really not saying a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What about you? Yeah. So I think my take on this may ruffle a few feathers, but I think the predator, this movie is delightfully dumb. (laughs) I mean, to start, it really is dumb. And and I want to (laughs) emphasize that aspect of what I just said. It's dumb. But man, does it lean into its own stupidity. To me, not unlike 1987's Predator. In fact, I would argue that while I may not personally enjoy this one as much, it is a better example of the Predator franchise as a whole than 2010's Predators, a film that we both really enjoyed. This movie is so campy. It had me laughing quite a bit. Um... It's an ensemble comedy of sorts in a strange way with Keegan-Michael Key and Thomas Jane providing multiple moments of comedy. The movie finds its comedic way starting really with that bus scene and moving from there. Now, again, don't get me wrong. This movie has so many things that are ridiculous in it, but I had a lot more fun with this one than I expected based on the reactions uh, that others have seen. And just thinking about your, uh, that others have said, and just thinking about, your comment, Alex, I don't think of the, I think of Alien as being more of a tension filled series, whereas the Predator has never, well, at least in Predator and Predators, Predator 2, Predator and Predator 2, they didn't take themselves that seriously right, overall. Like there are multiple moments that we look at and we are thinking, man, that's over the top ridiculous. And this movie has plenty of that over the top ridiculousness, does it not? Um, <laughs> you might have me at a loss for words. Um, I, I don't. I actually don't agree that. <laughs> actually, I think the original Predator is actually a pretty tense movie, especially with the mystery, mm. them looking into the trees and that slow zoom into the trees, you know, over and over, where you're just looking for this thing. Where could it be? There's nothing. There's no tension in this movie. Which I think there's even tension in Predator 2. Um, even though it is much more campy for sure. I mean, it's, it's, got, it's got Danny Glover with the most gigantic handgun of all time. Um, but I, I do think that this is really maybe not in the spirit uh, of the lineage of Predator movies. Even if it does have, even if the others do have certain elements of camp for sure. I, I, this really goes into a whole nother universe in terms of tone, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, I, I, I wonder if you may have benefited from extremely low expectations. Like if you thought this was going to be alien versus predator requiem, I mean, this, <laughs> this might as well be like uh, the bird Godfather, part yeah, two. Godfather part two. Like, like <laughs> if you thought this was going to be that, because no, this is not as bad as that. It's just 
it's something else, I guess. But <laughs> I, because uh, I do think that there are some issues here. Like you like the bus stuff. I actually mm-hmm. thought the bus was super cringy for me. I felt like it was well, trying so hard at the comedy, yeah. especially with Thomas Jane and Keegan Michael Key uh, with their whole shtick. That being said, I do think that their characters and all the characters really, or most of them, and the comedy of the film, they do become better. Oh yeah, as as they spend more time with us. As they maybe acclimate me to this new tone, because uh, yeah, that kind of just remind me of my point. I kind of got off on. I don't think leaving the old tone behind is a bad thing. I, mm. I, I think it could be a good thing. I just don't think it's executed well enough here for me to be on board with the new tone. Because we've had think... other movies, kind of like Pacific uh, Pacific Rim's not really a great one, <laughs> uh, but we've had other movies where the franchise Depart- changes departures in tone. tone. Yeah, and it's okay. No, so. Yeah, I don't think the bus scene is necessarily a good one in terms of being comedic. I, I w- I'm with you. I think it's cringy, and, and I'll tell you why in, in a second. But I think you start to key in in those moments as to what this film is trying to do. Mm-hmm. It, it's not taking itself as seriously as you might have expected in the first five minutes of the film. Right, right. And, and you know, you might have a good point there. Like, there, there's this moment, uh, again, I don't like the bus scene, but there is a moment not too long, really, after where they're uh, taking bets on what Casey is going to do with a gun, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't yeah. know that they've taken these bets, but she gets out of the bed, yeah. she grabs the gun, they, they, they some of them make money. And it's kind of that's fun. Great. And yeah, that part's great. really silly. And that, that, that was the scene, really. That kind of, between that and the lab scene, mm-hmm are the two mm-hmm. scenes that really kind of got me on this film's wavelength. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> one of my, my, my favorite line award is going to lean into really the mm-hmm. moment <laughs> that kind of mm-hmm. put me on the wavelength of this film. But, <laughs> but um, it's really like McKenna. Mm-hmm. I don't really connect with him at all. No, me neither. And I don't really <laughs> connect with our main any of our characters at all. Mm. Um, even if I do kind of like some of them, I think I actually really like their antics more than I do them. Mm-hmm. And the film is like so low stakes, which you know, low stakes aren't bad, but I don't really care what happens to anybody. Uh, and so that really kind of hurts when the film forgets that, oh, it needs to end. And, well, what Predator movie doesn't kill off most of its cast? Yeah. yeah. And so we That's kill off all of our characters in such rapid fashion. You yeah. honestly can't remember who died first and who died last because no, they die no, so no. quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, For a while, I thought they were all going to survive. Because like, they, this is going to be awesome. They do. They live so long. And then the movie is like, oh, we got to end everyone's yeah. dead because you had to keep them all together. Right. Cause it's like, this is just how they were playing off of each other the entire time. Right. Yeah. Like it, it would go against the tone of the film to just start killing them off. Yeah. Right? But, but because once you start killing them off, you can't do any more of the comedic stuff anymore. Yeah. And it, so you're, spe- we'll you're speaking, you're speaking to why this movie fails. So, 
Almost so we'll we'll save it for the last ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. It, it it's an issue because you could use these comedic moments to make their deaths feel way more impactful, mm-hmm. and we don't use that opportunity because we want to eke out comedy into the final moments of this film, or at least as far as we can. That being said, like I said, this film did work substantially better for me this time around. Yes, the editing of the finale is a is actually a bit better than I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember it being much, much worse. It's still not good. Still not good. And some of the other elements aren't nearly as bad this time around, even if some of them are in bad taste. Uh, mm-hmm. Looking at you, autism. <laughs> that being said, <laughs> I'll get some of the finale stuff I'll get to it later because it's so incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I do want to get into a couple of things that I also really like about the movie. I think the performances are totally fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think the overall idea of the story is actually pretty interesting. You know, predators mm-hmm. using genes from other creatures to improve themselves. That sounds pretty mm-hmm. cool. I, and I, I, I like that idea and the, what, what that creates, what kind of predator that makes. But instead, the type of predator that that actually ends up making is pretty lame. Yes, he's giant and strong and bulletproof, but he's missing all of the interesting, iconic armor and hey, weaponry at, and the things that make... Can see him, though. Huh? Right. At least we could see him. At least you could see him. Fair. Good point. <laughs> but it just makes he, he's visually pretty uninteresting despite being big and intimidating because he doesn't have mm. any sort of lore or story being told with the gear that he's wearing. Yeah. So I think that's an interesting like, oh, he's bigger and badder, but he's also way less interesting. Yeah. I also like the idea that there is something special about humans that predators are interested in so much so that they're integrating our DNA into them. Now, when we get into the details that what they are actually interested in is autism, that's a odd thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's like, it's, it's got good ideas, I actually think, Mm -hmm. but then where we end up going to finish those ideas belong in a rough draft. Hmm. And should have been yeah. cleaned up a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. So I actually don't disagree with anything that you're saying. I, I feel like I'm the defender of this movie okay. all of a sudden. It's okay. <laughs> well, to be fair, I, most people hate on this and say that there's nothing uh-huh. redeeming about it, which I do not agree with. And you're one of the first people to probably come up against that. So, <laughs> I like it. Well, let, let me do back up. Let me back up for a second and, and talk about some of the absolutely dumb aspects of this film. <laughs> um Basically, with the exception of the prologue, this film happens in about 12 hours. Um, Our main hero, McKenna, played by Boyd Holbrook, he goes from Star Soldier Outlaw to Misfit Crew Outsider to Misfit Crew Insider to Misfit Crew Commander in the span of 12 hours. I mean, (laughs) heck, in that bus scene, he builds camaraderie with the group after sharing life stories in about 10 minutes, right? Mm. Um, We get... In the middle of the film, we get some strange explanations about global warming being the reason for more predators coming to Earth. 
which is just a completely unnecessary shoehorned in concept that even though I'm sympathetic to the idea and worry about climate change myself from time to time, I think putting that in a movie was completely dumb, right? Uh, yeah, you you have the autism being the next step evolutionary, which, uh, okay, um, I get, like, let's go with it, but... <laughs> Hmm. Maybe we should. Uh, we probably shouldn't. Um, and then you get the last 15 minutes, which I can barely recap <laughs> because it was just so over the place. I, I, I don't even I, – I couldn't recap it because I'm not quite sure what happened. Everything fell apart um, in about the last 15 minutes. And does that sound about right to you? <laughs> That's the most comprehensive way and most understandable way to talk about the last 15 minutes because when you dive into it like I'm about to, it makes no sense. Because it it, it is. It's a complete disaster, not just visually, which I think most of this film is, but editing-wise and continuity-wise. Like, from the moment that they leave the ship and the the Predator detonates it and he gives them the, uh, the head start, this film falls apart mm. because honestly everything up to that point is not bad it, it, it's really not like it, tonally it's not what i want a lot of this film is not what i want and i also think it fails at what it tries to do because if this was like really and this does have some pretty funny lines like like legit funny uh, <laughs> um i think if this succeeded in all those other aspects maybe this part could be forgiven but I think because it doesn't knock it out of the park at everything else it does, this final 15 minutes when the Predator movie really shines a lot of the time, it looks even worse. But when it's done like this, it's one of the worst finales probably you could ever make. Um, Because, all right, I guess let's break it down. (sighs) Well, we do get some sort of fun team up between like a character like Traeger and uh, Quinn McKenna. You know, two enemies for the entire movie, uh, kind of. Um, you know, you get that fun team up when they realize that the Predators pit them with each other. And they're like, oh, well, we got to put things aside to take this on. I actually like that. That's pretty cool. But the bad thing is, is it results in literally nothing special mm-hmm. there. I don't even think they interact again after that scene, even though they're in the woods together. I mean, <laughs> yes, some of Traeger's minions get really coolly killed. Um, but for God's sakes, Traeger himself, who seems like a pretty important character. He's, he's a, he delivers some of the funny lines. He's kind of tongue in cheek the whole time. He seemingly, accidentally blasts his own head off with the arm cannon or the shoulder cannon for absolutely (laughs) no reason. It doesn't make sense because when it happens, it's not like he was trying to shoot the predator and it turned and shot him instead like that. that, I could see that maybe happening. Maybe not really Mm -hmm. because it's not designed to do that really, (laughs) but I can see that maybe happening, but no, instead the way the film is edited It looks like Casey, Olivia Munn's Casey, shouts at him, and the cannon turns to look at her for some reason and blows his head off. It makes no sense. I rewound it and watched it a couple times. I was like, I don't know what just happened. 
and, it, and it's gone in such a flash that you don't really know for sure. Did he just die? You're not even given time to process what just happened because he's gone mm-hmm. so quick. This character that's been in the whole film is gone. And it's not mm-hmm. clever. It's not witty. It's just bad. Badly edited. And so this whole team up yeah. is just gone. And then what's kind of cool, though, is that you've got the whole team together, right? And they're taking this thing on. Rarely do we have this many characters taking on a Predator at once. And it plays out pretty interestingly, I guess, mm-hmm. until they set this thing on fire. They've got it on the ropes. And then we have a character, Baxley, who we kind of like. He runs mm-hmm. and jumps on a flaming predator to stab it because the bullets were not enough. And so he immediately puts him, his life in danger for no reason, gets thrown up, pinned against a tree. His uh, lover mm-hmm. gets slapped up against a <clears throat> gets slapped up against a tree. His guts are hanging out, and then you have to shoot each other at the same time. <laughs> Which mm. doesn't feel like it lines up with the rest of the movie at all. It's so mm-hmm. weirdly, like, kind of dark and odd. I don't know. The whole thing is weird. And then we move on to our little ship sequence, which mm. is a complete disaster. We, yeah, we jump on the ship. Not a problem. And we're like hanging on to it. We want they're, they're, we're, they're wanting to take the ship down somehow. Well, we get a cool moment where the force field comes up, kills one of our guys, right? Takes his legs off. That's kind of fun. Wow. We, uh, and there he goes flying off into the distance. And then we immediately kill another character in Nebraska that we actually do like. Uh, mm-hmm. And he immediately just jumps into a, a vent to take the ship down. Now, what's interesting is the ship, it flies for probably miles and crashes. Somehow, Olivia Munn's character, who is on a ridge watching this happen, shows up in the middle of the fight <laughs> with, an invi- like, with invisibility. And then our predator dog, our deus ex machina, he shows up again mm-hmm. to deliver the, uh, a weapon to kill the predator. And it just like all happens so quick and it's edited so fast. Like they knock the predator's arm off and then Quinn has its arm and then he shoots it, but there's no buildup to that, that final shot. It's just like, Oh, he grabs it, pops it, shoots it. We don't even see him really attach the grenade that this dog brings to him in the, in the perfect moment. It's, it's such an incomprehensible disaster of a finale. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, it's almost like it's missing 10 minutes of a mm. film somewhere in there because there is no tension in anything that happens at the, at the end. What yeah. do you think, Eric? No, I look, no, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think there is any tension. I, I don't think that's, yeah. <laughs> Ultimately that's not what this film was really going for. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I wanted to touch on something that you said, not even just the ending there, but overall, I, I just think this film looks horrible visually. Um, right from the beginning of the film, it's disorienting and not in a purposeful sort of way, uh, but in a this feels almost amateurish sort of way. I mean, case in point is the scene at the beginning of the movie where McKenna's son, Rory, 
he's being bullied in the classroom and well, I think it's in the classroom and we've got overhead shots, low angle <laughs> shots, high angle shots, close ups, <laughs> zoom in, zoom outs, chess pieces being like looked at. And it's like trying to be, it almost feels like it's trying to be artsy, but it just comes across as you don't know what you're doing. Um, and we're just editing together a bunch of different shots. I mean, yikes. There's also some weird sort of home video movie feel uh, filter that makes the whole movie look washed, if that's the right descriptor. Um, but yeah, to come back around and just for a second to close on maybe something a little positive before we get into our awards. This, I think this movie does feel incredibly dumb. It's It really is. But I wonder if it will be looked back on as delightfully dumb someday, like I described it originally. Um, because I personally think Predator 1987 is delightfully dumb. Um, there is more tension, and, and I'm not equating these two. <laughs> Predator <laughs> is an original movie um, with a lot going for it. The Predator just isn't, <laughs> right? It just it just isn't. Yeah. But with that said, I I think there's there's more similarities between the two than uh might meet the eye on first glance. Uh but 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 time will tell. And yeah, I don't think we'll ever say that this is a great film by any stretch of the Im- imagination. Uh but we might find humor and just how it embraces its dumb. I think that I would agree with you if the final act was good. Because I You might. Yep. But because it's not <laughs> that that does it for I you. I think it really See, because it doesn't waste too much of my time, I'm like, okay. Yeah, but <laughs> right? it, like it, wow. <laughs> okay, like <laughs> I understand because I understand why it did it, right? It was like we don't want to kill any of our characters off because this is like a buddy movie, you know? Um, so we're going to wait to the last 10 minutes and then we'll kill them all off. And none of it's going to make sense, but it's only the last 10 minutes of the film. So it's, it's really not that <laughs> oh huge of a deal. <laughs> like that, like it doesn't justify it, but it's like, that's kind of the point. Like that, that's just what they were going for. So it does, it's not as, as bad to me as it is to you because I'm like, at least it didn't waste any more of my time. I wish it had not wasted my time as well by just not existing. (laughs) But (laughs) well, I don't, I wouldn't want to add 10 more minutes to this movie. That feels like it would be a waste of time. Yeah, But if it makes the finale really great, I'm like, maybe it could redeem the rest of it. I don't think you're going to make that finale. Great. I don't think you're going to make that finale. Great. You don't have, you don't have the technical or visual skills to make (laughs) it great. You really don't. How, so, did this, how did Shane Black direct Iron Man 3? I don't understand. I don't get it. I guess uh, they had the visual effects done for him, so that maybe that's what it was. I, I'm just saying, like, honestly, like, if it's not your strength, don't don't lean into it. And they definitely don't lean into it here. So I'm thankful for yeah, that. They, they definitely don't try. <laughs> they could have they could have prolonged our suffering, but they didn't. So <laughs> yeah, like, 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 they didn't even lean. They didn't. They didn't stand. They just kind of sat. Yeah. You you know a movie something whenever I'm defending it by saying they didn't prolong it, my suffering. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, real quick, not about suffering. Before we get into our awards, actually about gratitude. 
we talk about Thanksgiving over on MVM Plus. And yes, by the time that you hear this, Thanksgiving has passed. Um, and but we will release this MVM Plus a, a couple of weeks early, about a week and a half early yeah. for our patrons over there. And, and we have a brief discussion uh, and we ask our patrons to think about it, our bar- bar- bargain base mites to think about um, some discussion questions surrounding the Thanksgiving season. I thought it was a pretty good discussion, Alex. Uh, and I appreciate you having that with me. Yeah, it was a fun one. It was a fun one. It was a it was a, an introspective one too. I think it was literally zero movie content in this one. It was, it was. But I think Which people awesome. will like getting to hear about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people will like to hear about you know maybe getting to know us a little bit better too. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, that's over at patreon.com forward slash MVM Pod. But let's get into our awards, Alex. Compelling character award. Who'd you have? I had the lobotomized predator dog. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not, honestly, it sounds like it's, it's a shot across the bow of this movie in terms of like not having characters. It's not. Mm -hmm. I'm compelled that, that this predator dog, despite Mm -hmm. being lobotomized knows where everybody is at all times. I mean, this thing has like a built in GPS for our brain. Like, yeah. Oh man. It's incredible. He, and he kn- and he knows where items are to, and he knows what to deliver like if only it had a couple lines <laughs> I think you have a winning movie oh that's funny my compelling <laughs> character Alex is uh Olivia Munn's Casey Brackett oh I um, know why no uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh she's she's the only character for me that offers much in terms of interesting sort of motivation Ooh. right I, I am with you i do not think uh our main character uh what's his name mckenna yeah. he he does nothing right like i i don't understand him as a character um yeah he just doesn't seem very smart <laughs> but apparently he's a gr- he's super smart and a great soldier but he doesn't come across that way right it's very strange. Well, yeah, but he doesn't. He, he doesn't do anything to prove. <laughs> no, he doesn't really. I mean, he really does. He says he's. He says at one get me close. I'm a sniper, and he proceeds to miss shooting at a at a uh, predator with yeah. a shotgun <laughs> twice. Oh, yeah. It's bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, Casey, on the other hand, she does have more of an interesting sort of uh, backstory slash motivation for wanting to to be a part of this this team which is she is an evolutionary biologist that's interested in this creature as a species and yeah none of it makes sense (laughs) right Right. uh but that that is at least an interesting um motivation and it keeps her like going to try to figure out more about this creature's motivation which leads into my most memorable line award which goes with her character and it's her when she is looking at the predator for the first time and examining it when she says, you are one beautiful, you know what? <laughs> uh, so it was a nice uh, subversion of our expectations, but also highlighted her character. Um, so I really like that line. What, what about you? What was your uh, most memorable line award? Yeah, mine was uh, an exchange between Casey and Traeger where they're, they're in the lab. Which did you notice? Keys. Did you notice who Keys was? 
Mm-mm. It's Gary Busey's son. And it's also oh, that character's funny. son. In, in the <laughs> in this. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, they're both keys. They both oh, both amazing. their last name is Keys. I like yeah. that. Um but uh yeah, she says, Why do you call it a predator? And he says, It's a nickname, you know. The dad suggests it tracks its prey, exploits weakness, seems to well enjoy it like a game. She says, That's not a predator, that's a sports hunter. Sorry, mm. a predator kills its prey to survive. I mean, what you're describing is more like a bass fisherman. Like, I love this line. Well, we took a vote. Predator's cooler, right? <laughs> and then the lab, the, yeah, the, the the lab like all agrees, and he says, "F yeah." <laughs> <laughs> no, that that is good, and and just the the back and forth there, I I liked as well. Um, I thought it was pretty. And good. And I liked that they bring that joke back later. Exactly. Yeah, I know. I liked it too. I liked it too. That that, that scene. Uh, when it comes to the comedy in the movie, it worked best in that hotel room. Whenever yes. they were all together, um, it worked best there. And I think it worked best at McKenna's when it get, gets back to McKenna's house <laughs> and they're all together. Those are the two places that it really works for yes. me. Yeah, me too. But this, but this line, funny enough, is the one that kind of brought me into the vibe of what the yeah. movie was wanting to do. Right. Um, what about your Can't Believe That Acting Award? Uh, I give it to Yvonne Strahovski as uh, Emily. She's McKenna's ex-wife. I think she does a really great job being uh, being mom to uh, Rory McKenna in this and like being the, the worried mom and also... I think she plays off the the comedy of the of this group when they're in her house pretty well. Um, so oh, yeah. I'm gonna give her I'm gonna give her the award. Now that that honestly is a really good choice. She she was a character for me that I wasn't completely sure of her point, but yes, yes. <laughs> like I just she seemed a little superfluous. But um, yeah, I expect she her did to have be some, in more of this. And then, nope. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, my can't believe the acting award goes to Trevante Rhodes as Gaylord Nebraska Williams. Um, <laughs> He's great. Who I, yeah, honestly, I, I'm not familiar with Trevante Rhodes at all, but, but he was one of the better characters in this film and definitely, I think the best acted character in this film, as far as keeping things understated, um, and the dialogue, despite the comedic t- tone, as realistic as possible, mm-hmm. um, that that's really what what made him for me was the fact that he was able to kind of keep this um, grounded. Where McKenna felt bi- built um, for a campy movie, Rhodes felt more natural um, in a uh, more serious film. So there was kind of a, a interesting contrast there between his performance and the rest of his crews. Hmm. He, he's really great. I was just looking at his filmography, Eric. He hasn't mm-hmm. done much since the predator. He did yeah. a, He's done a few he's movies, good. but his biggest thing right now, I guess is he's doing a Mike Tyson show where he's Mike Tyson. Oh, that's interesting. And I'm like instantly I wasn't interested, but now I kind of am actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, interesting. It's a great job. All right. Yeah. Uh, what a- that doesn't surprise me though, because I I could tell I can tell in his you know this campy movie performance 
that he has some acting chops. Yes. So I can I can see him being put in this role, this character role like that, because he's got those acting chops. Yes. Yeah, you can see it. Yeah, exactly. Um, Eric, what about your, oh, that's a good shot award. Uh, I literally couldn't think of one earlier. <laughs> what, <laughs> because, what about when, when the, the scientist gets the predator killer on him, the predator hunter? Mm, oh, what about all no. those shots? No, oh. uh, shoot, man. Um, <laughs> I'll, <laughs> ah, jeez. Uh, uh, I can't think of anything. I'll just say the shot when um, they're on the bus and they see the alien oh, jumping yeah. from building to building. Um, it's not a, it's just a, it's just a sh- long shot. <laughs> it's just a shot. <laughs> I, but I like it. Here's what I like. I like, here's the aspect of the film. I, I think it is good storytelling is it doesn't hold back uh, from its like moment. Like you already know that they're going to learn that mm. he's, he's not making up the space alien thing. Right. Yeah. And you're, you already know that's going to happen, but you expect it to happen maybe a little bit later, but no, it just happens immediately that they learn like, Oh, this is the space alien he was talking it about. Is. Um, and I think that's a, that's a funny moment and a good moment as far as storytelling is concerned, right? Like, mm. y- y- you can't hold those cards close to your chest. Like, go ahead and tell us what we already mm. know. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? you know, Any good shots? I, there's no, not really. Uh, I, I did have, like, one of the ones of where they were running through the hallways at the school because it really did feel more like a what I would envision a normal predator movie being, but I, you know, you were just talking and I, I just thought of one that I kind of did like, um, it's a little goofy, mm-hmm. but I liked it. And it's when, uh, McKenna first goes up against the predator when he's invisible and he knocks mm-hmm. him down and it cuts that body in half and the blood mm-hmm. is like dripping on the invisible predator. And mm-hmm. then I, I, I like that imagery. Now when he opens his eyes, it is a little goofy, but I like that. Yeah. Line. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, unique awards, Alex. I'm going to go with surprise casting Ooh. award, and this goes to Sterling K. Brown as Trigger, um, <laughs> who is the bad guy who kind of turns good guy, right? Like because they all turn good by the end or something yeah. like that, right? Like, and they're all bros, <laughs> despite threatening my son. Like we're bros at the right. end. Like two seconds later, like what? No. Calm down. <laughs> uh, but Sterling K. Brown, I mean, I've seen him. He's been in a couple movies, but really my biggest familiarity with him is uh, This Is Us and um, <laughs> Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, two shows which are basically for 40-year-old housewives. Um, <laughs> and and here he is in The Predator so it's just it's it's a different sort of casting choice for him, but uh, I mean I think he does a pretty decent job in that role. Actually, I actually think he's a great actor. I yeah. don't think yeah. he does a great job. <laughs> There's something. Oh really? Oh, really? I, I, I actually think he gets better as the movie goes on. Which yeah, I know movies yeah. aren't filmed from front to back typically, but I do think he does get better as the film goes on. I just, I think at first there's something really weird about his delivery. Mm. And, and and maybe it's it maybe yeah. it may be, maybe again it just goes back to me not fitting in with the tone until that scene. Mm. 
Um, yeah. It could go back to that, but I just feel like there's something really weird with his delivery, and then eventually it's it's totally fine. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know, but sense. I think he's a great actor. Uh, you have any uh, unique awards? Yeah, I've got Ugliest New Creature Design Award, and that goes to the Pred Dogs. These things are hideous, and not in like a good way. Like, mm-hmm. this was a child's drawing of a predator dog. <laughs> and they yeah. ran with it. <laughs> like that, That's <laughs> what it is. Like, that, I, I would imagine, like, you know, if I showed Gwen a predator, and I said, draw this, but a dog. This is what it would look mm-hmm. like. Yeah, they just put, like, dreadlock things yeah, on Yeah, and then, and then like, leave the head shape and, and make it a dog's body. And, like, this thing is horrible looking. <laughs> It's amazing. It's so, it's so unappealing, which is like probably part of what they want, right? It's part of the funny. Yeah. But it's also oh, it's so dumb. This is the, the, I guess some of the problem with this film is like some of this stuff impacts the lore of the rest of the franchise, which is probably why mm. people get so mad about it. And like, you know, now yeah. the, the bread dog is part of the lore of the franchise, See, right? The, this ugly yeah. abomination. <laughs> This yes. piece of comedy is now a part of the rest of it. So maybe that leads us into our, our final thoughts <laughs> here, Alex. how ugly this thing is. It's so ugly. It's so ugly. But here's the thing. For me, I, I'm not – the fact that it messes with the lore doesn't really bother me in the, in, in the slightest. And I do think I benefited from everybody that I've ever seen who has watched this film hating it. I like I, I benefit from that going into it, but I I think this movie is dumb one hundred percent. But but also I don't think it's um, quite as different as as we like to to make it out to be. Like I I think there's elements of humor. There's kind of the the crew right, sort of like the unit aspect of this film it's playing on a lot of what the original film is doing actually uh, but it's not doing it in near as an original way right um with that said i don't think this is a good movie uh, <laughs> uh it's a campy movie and there are better campy movies out there um and there are better comedy movies and there are better action movies and there are better sci-fi movies, right? Which this is all of those things. So it's not that I think this is a good movie. It might be unnecessarily hated upon in my opinion, um, be beyond maybe what it, it deserves. It doesn't mean that it doesn't deserve its criticism because I've, I think I've criticized it here in this episode, but for me, this is it's on the precipice, um, but I, I think it's a low gamma tier oh. film for me. Okay. Uh, first, and not my least favorite Predator movie. That's insanity. Yeah, that's just insanity. And <laughs> I hope people do what they need to do to you. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, all right. Let me put some qualifiers on this before I give my ranking. I, this time around, I do have to say, I used to think that this film was actually an offensive movie um, towards autistic people. I don't feel that way anymore. I do feel like it's maybe insensitive and maybe thoughtless, but I don't know if it's quite offensive. Um, 
I also think that the comedy is pretty good. Uh, you know, I was laughing at several lines. I was taking note of a lot of them. Uh, there's some really good stuff here in terms of that. And I think our effects are pretty good. Even our, you know, even our super predator, um, or whatever he's called, even he looks pretty good despite being completely CG. Um, but our main predator is like all practical, which I really enjoy. And I think our characters work out pretty well overall. That being said, I think almost every idea here is executed poorly. It starts out a good idea and then it finishes a bad idea every Mm. time I feel like, um, and I think that goes all the way down to the finale, to our characters, not the dialogue, really, mostly. But <laughs> I'm just kind of baffled by a lot of the decisions that happen, especially at the end of this film. Whereas you're glad to be relieved from suffering, I'm hoping that this makes my suffering worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, so that's kind of why I would like a little more at the end. I'm like, make it worth it. Give me something to hang on to at the end here. So I, I, I think the characters, despite being more interesting and our dialogue working for the film in its own way, I think this is a Gabra tier film. I think it's a high Gabra tier um, because I will say I was not bored watching this. <laughs> right? Big, big marks there. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised that a lot of my feelings about the film uh, weren't as strong as I had felt. Uh, I, but it is, it, at the end of the day, I cannot in good conscience put this a, as a Gamera movie. Uh, but it is a high Gabra. I think I could recommend this to people still and with, <laughs> with, with gigantic caveats. Hmm. Um, it's not like AVPR where I would no. feel bad if someone watched that on my behalf. Like I still feel like I need to apologize yeah. to our listeners yeah. if they did watch. Along. No, I, I know listeners who who have reached out to me and I told them don't watch that movie, and they didn't. <laughs> uh, that's a true story. That's funny. So, so I, I, this is one. It's like yeah, like if you're a completionist, go. You you should probably watch this one. Like, yeah, it's not a big yeah. deal. You're not missing anything if you miss it, but it's not so bad that it's an offensive movie. I disagree. You're, you're missing all the lore, Alex. Nice. You're missing all the lore. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but, but, but the lore here takes a backseat, which is fine. It's got some mm-hmm. nice nods. I will say, I'll give it this. I really appreciate its nods to the past franchises mm-hmm. without getting over the top. Yeah. The only one that was maybe over the top, but what I liked about it was that it was different when they say get to the choppers, but they're motorcycles. <laughs> yeah. And it's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. It's funny. And, it's just funny. And, and it's, it's like you stupid. said, is your line like the beautiful, the, you know, you're one beautiful instead of uh, one ugly? That's great too. So, but then the actual ties back, like we get references to Predator 2 and Predator. We get, oh yeah, you know, we get. So this is full continuity here, right? That's like, the thing, and, and, and that's what people wanted. I think that's what, another thing to add to the sting. It's like this is this is the through line between all of oh, them, it's a through line. except yeah. predators, right? 
No, Predators is kind of standalone, right? right? It could, yeah. But this is a through. But line. this is the through line. Yeah, this is after Predator, Predator Two, and now we've got the Predator. <laughs> and for this to be the one that connects them, it's so funny. It, it's it's kind of painful. It, I gotta say, it is it is pretty painful as a fan. Of oh, the other it's ones. good. It's good. Uh, uh, well, Alex, next week we'll do our. our so we'll, much joy from our suffering. Uh, we'll do the Alien and Predator recap next week. Um, I, I may have to look at my ratings again because I was looking back on it. This still might be my lowest rated Predator film. We'll have to yeah. rate them and rank them all. We'll, we'll have to see. It's close. It's 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 a close one. The question we'll here: to... Are you still planning on watching Prey? before the recap yeah i probably will i am too i I probably will so we'll we'll kind of revisit prey next week as well not that Um, much we'll just talk briefly no no, we'll revisit yep um and we'll recap the alien and predator franchise uh and that should be a fun discussion as always though thank you for listening to monsters versus men leave us feedback on this episode or any episode at nvmpod.com or email us at nvmpod at gmail.com you can follow us and message us on Twitter and Instagram at MVM underscore pod. Become a bargain base mite at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod and receive weekly bonus content. And if you can't join at this time, a review or a share always helps. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornett. Executive producers are Kevin Alexander, Faye Basier, Christopher Clavero, John Freeman, and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, Comma Rock Band for PlayStation 3, which forms Cell Block B, Louis Loops, Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you the listener for listening until next time. Don't make a 50 minute episode about the predator (laughs) and try (laughs) to stay alive. Amen. Amen. Or let your four year old design your monster. Wake up. Wake up. (laughs) You have created a monster and it will destroy you. They could have they could have prolonged our suffering but they didn't